Hello, everybody, and welcome to this somewhat special edition of Bagels for Breakfast. Uh, my name is Mick, and with always, with me as always is Jordan. Yo, 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 Jordy in the house. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about um, what the hell is going on. Uh, it's a very interesting time for everybody in the world, and uh, there's a lot of issues going on. The stock market is plummeting, as I predicted, I want to say. Um, my <laughs> yeah. predictions were correct. Not trying to brag, so, so humble but my predictions you. were correct. And, um, you know, uh, the coronavirus concerns, uh, what the government's going to do. And then in the second half, we're going to talk about what we can do to remain positive, to have a, a good outlook on what's going on and how to be smart. Yeah. Um, so, uh, kind of started off with, um, I, w- I want to touch on a couple things about what's going on today. Um, and particularly the stock market today is what March sixteenth. Um, we're recording 15th, this on the sixteenth. Going to come out. Oh no, is it's it? the sixteenth. Nope, I stand corrected. <laughs> so we're recording this, and today the stock market crashed. About it lost three thousand points, um, almost thirteen percent of its value. The biggest crash since nineteen eighty seven, um, and people are losing their minds. Um, I'm not losing my mind. (laughs) Well, we've already lost our minds. Yeah. True. Um, It's intact. It's as intact as it can be. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, so I think the biggest problem with this is that our government historically, their first response to all of this has always been, we need to bail out the banks and we need to bail out the airlines and we need to bail out all these companies. Boo. And boo. I think that's a load of <laughs> shit. And I'll tell you why. That is such a load of shit. Because these companies, all of these big companies that are lining up for a handout, one, all of them hate the idea of socialism. Hate it. But when they are irresponsible... They are begging for taxpayer money. And I'll give you three reasons why that's bullshit. One, they're hypocrites. Two, a lot of that money doesn't go to their workers. It goes to the high-paying, the high-paid executives. Three, they don't pay taxes. These companies do not pay into general benefit of American society. They don't pay taxes, most of them. And then they want to receive the benefits. And four, they were given a trillion dollar tax cut in 2017. And a lot of that money was used to buy back stocks. And now they're saying they don't have money. Yeah, dude, I was going to uh, touch on that. Um, I didn't know if I was going to be jumping the gun. But since you mentioned it, there's an article on the New York Times called Don't Feel Sorry for the Airlines. And I, for one, am not even close to feeling sorry. Um, just from common practices of charging for extra bags and just a record of not really caring about the customer too much um, and more so for profits. But in the article, it said in 2015, American Airlines posted a $7.6 billion profit um, up from like $500 million in 2007 and $250 million in 2006. So like a crazy jump. And they kept earning those profits 
the rest of the decade, pretty much. Um, but like you said, instead of putting it back into um, helping their fleet or anything like that, they just bought back stocks. And instead of using that cash they had stockpiled, they instead just kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing until we are where we are today. And why am I responsible? Why is my taxpayer money or anybody's for that matter Mm -hmm. responsible for the negligence and arrogance quite literally of these big companies you remember in 2008 the stock market crashed it was the worst economic disaster since the great depression and so many people felt the impact of that and even even a lot of people our age felt that because their parents lost jobs their schooling was changed. Everything about that was disastrous. Mm-hmm. And you know what we did? We bailed out banks because they fucked up. And they knew it, too. Yeah, and they I mean... knew that... Yeah, and uh, I, I was texting you today about what uh, Trump said in his speech, and um, there was a little side jab at the Chinese again, but that was expected. But um, he was saying, talking about the bailout of airlines and saying that it's not their fault and it's not their fault. And really, it's not. Okay, like this was an unforeseen thing, but at the same time, they should have been taking steps to prepare for something like this to happen because the airline industry is so volatile and it goes in swings, you know? Yeah. And, 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 all right, let's go, let's go on that track. Now you bring up a good point. Cause everybody says, well, these companies, you know, they don't, a lot of these companies, like they weren't prepared. I mean, it's a global pandemic. Yes, you are right. But if our economy, right. If our economy was as strong as, and as formidable as I've been hearing for the past several years, we would be able to withstand this without the economy crashing. Yeah. And, let me and I think you, that's not let to me say you, that the economy wouldn't hurt, you know, but uh, like you said, it wouldn't crash like it has. Yes. Yes. And granted, a pandemic is something that is, you know, an unforeseen thing. But let's, okay, first off, and I don't even really want to get into this, but we, we already talked about it in the last podcast, is that the United States government response was terrible. Mm-hmm. And it got, it it allowed it to be much worse than it is, and it's going to get even worse than what it could have, you know, what it could have been. Mm-hmm. So on, on, on that fault, it is a lot of the Trump administration's fault. You'll never hear him take responsibility, but it's true. It is Trump's fault for the response. And then second is, is that a lot of these, this, this has been a faux economy. It's fake. It's, it's pretend it's, you know, it's very strong on the outside and nothing on the inside, no substance. And what I mean by that is, you know, 80% of the population is living paycheck to paycheck. That is not a sign of a strong economy. People are going bankrupt over their medical bills. That is not a strong economy. Yeah. You know, like we can't pretend that the stock market and job numbers are the only qualifying things that make a good economy. Yeah. And this, uh, this article went more into, um, kind of the overall picture since 2008. I mean, the, the housing bubble um, and all of that 
loaning that went on was certainly a factor, but they showed how much um, other companies were borrowing as well after 2008 crisis. You know, it necessarily wasn't the housing industry, but there's so many companies that are just piling up their debt and the airlines are one of them. Yeah. And, you know, my thing is that one, this is a result of monopolization of key industries and it is the idea of too big to fail. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's terrible for an economy. It's absolutely terrible. And to be honest with you, I've had at least seven people in the past week talk. I've talked to seven people, close friends, and they've already lost their jobs. Really? Because of everything that's going. Yes. Who said, Mick, I've lost, like, I'm fired. I got fired. I got let go. Yeah, dude, I uh, I think and, about that because my job relies a lot on travel and on the swing, and it can be really affected by the swings of the economy. It's res- it's commercial real estate. Um, so yes, yeah, I've thought about it. I don't, I'm not too worried, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are worried, and you know, for example, the service industry in in New York is the fourth largest part of their economy. And, you know, that's a million people that work in restaurants, Mm -hmm. you know, food service, et cetera, et cetera. They are not working right now. Yeah. And they are contributing to the economy. That is going to have a terrible effect. And again, right now, we're still talking about bailing out airlines and the banks. And it just it infuriates me because it's not even, you know, it's been 12 years since our last recession and we're thinking about millionaire executives when we should be worrying about people who could literally die or not have a house or, you know, be their whole life can change. Yeah. And it just, I'm sorry, but it just pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, like, vent it out. Vent it out. I'm here and everybody else is here to hear it. Um, but know, I actually and- misspoke before. It's from a different article that was also really interesting. Um, the stat I was saying before about uh, companies taking on more debt in the past 12 years. Um, and it's actually called This is How the Coronavirus Will Destroy the Economy. And it talks a lot about uh, quote unquote zombie companies that um, mm-hmm. basically have so much debt that they're almost not even making interest payments on their debt. And they're only surviving by issuing new debt um, and how much those companies are hurting and will be hurting. Um, and I, not many of these are probably in the running for bailouts, but it's still companies that take up a large share of our economy. Yeah, and you know, an interesting one was... Um these rideshare apps mm-hmm. um, they are companies that were born out of the recession but they've never been through the recession true and so it's going to be interesting to see how these companies withstand um you know terrible market conditions um and very limited people using those apps i mean you know, can a company like Uber truly can a company like Uber survive if people aren't riding Ubers for the next three or four months? Yeah. 
will Uber exist? And I, everybody's probably listening to this saying you're insane. That's so drastic. Look, Lehman Brothers, a financial institution for a hundred years or whatever it was, they went, they disappeared in a day in 2008. Yeah. Like anything is possible in a volatile economy. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of that. So, um, that didn't really occur to me, but I'm thinking of like what was there before. And I think of like taxis, you know, um, and those don't really have a hierarchy like Uber, you know, so I can definitely see like, yes, the worker in both situations is losing out on money for that period of time. But for taxis, there's no hierarchy to come down to come crumbling down, you know, um, yeah. Uber drivers rely on such an infrastructure. Yeah, I agree with that. And, um, you know, a lot of Uber drivers are very, like, they they only do that. And granted, a lot of people do it as a secondary gig, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, like, just think about all of those people in the economy that are going to be affected. That's That's where it really hurts, is because when you have people who spend, you know, 70 80 90 percent of their income on goods and you have millions of those people in the united states not contributing anymore that's when we start to see really bad economic effects it doesn't start it starts with the stock market but it continues when people are people who spend most of their paycheck when they start losing or when they stop contributing to the economy and, you know, the job estimate for losses in April is 1 million jobs lost. Like, really? That's insane. Yes, that's insane. Uh, question for you. How do you feel? I mean, were you affected by the 2008 crisis at all? I mean, I don't want to say, like, my mom had her job mm-hmm. and, you know, it was thankfully secure. Um but I would say a lot of people like in my neighborhood and around me were affected. I mean, you know, my like my schooling was affected. Um, okay. You know, my my middle school, they had like we didn't have any like after school programs. We really? Sport. Yeah. See, so I like, don't remember. Um, my dad is a contractor, so he, he was affected. Um, but I don't really remember ever really thinking about it you know like i don't think i was affected on a personal level um to where i said like oh this is bad like i was we were both young but at the same time i don't remember ever in my head being like oh like this is like a bad time for the u.s you know um like i knew what was going on kind of and i knew it wasn't a good time but i didn't really feel the effect personally um so i'm just kind of thinking about like how this is gonna go as like the first recession we're living through as adults you know? Absolutely. And, you know, like there, uh, my neighborhood was weird when I was growing up. I mean, it, it was, it, you know, you were a cop, a fireman, a plumber, or a contractor. And, you know, a lot of those people were union and stuff. But it's just, you know, it's got this ripple effect. Um, a lot of the businesses in my neighborhood closed down. And like, even to this day, they're, they're still empty storefronts, you know mm. what I mean? And, It's like, I I remember noticing those things and, um, 
you know, we, we had to, we had to like save money. Like it was like, we weren't it was like my mom, we couldn't go on vacations and stuff. And like, that's a very minimal impact. And I'm thankful that I didn't feel it as hard as other people did. But I know people whose parents literally lost their jobs and didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that my parents, um, being like a residential home builder, I can definitely see that my family like probably faced hardships, but, um, at the same time, it might've just been a symptom of them kind of hiding it. Cause I never really felt that way. So this is kind of the first time I'm thinking about like, Oh fuck, like what's going to happen to my job. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, truly. And you know, there's a lot of people, in our age group where there's so much uncertainty that, you know, my thing is, is we've always, at the end of the day, we've always had confidence that the government could be able to fix and remedy things if they got really bad. Mm -hmm. And now I don't have that much confidence. Um, And it's a very, you know, dystopian view on what can come next, but, you know, it's, it's a scary prospect and, but there's a lot of good things that we, that can come out of this. I know that sounds weird. Ken, Ken, you know, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like um, you hope that coming out of this, a few things happen, you know, um, and the exact things that you hoped you would get out of the financial crisis of 2008, uh, more regulation put in place to stop, um, these companies from going under, you know? Um, and then also a big thing is like our healthcare system. Like this has shown so many flaws and you hope that something is done about it. But as we've seen, you can't always count on that. <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. And, and this right here is showing like, you know, people don't give a shit unless they're affected, right? Yeah. And, and unless, and like, now- as long as it's like immediate, you know, um, I read a few articles Um, not recently, but that um, humans have a very hard time planning for the future. It's not like immediately in front of them. So they don't think about it, you know? Um, So taking an example, like you tell a smoker to quit because all of these bad things will happen to them. And they know those bad things might happen, but because it's so far down the line or you hope it's so far down the line, you can't really visualize what that would look like until it's there. And you're like, oh, shit, I should have stopped smoking. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, we one, we view everything in hindsight. Exactly. We're, we're procrastinators by nature. Yeah. Right. But in an economy like this, like what I hope for everybody to realize, no matter what age you are, is that one, we can fucking afford to take care of our people. Okay. We can afford to do that. We can afford to provide Medicare for all. We can afford to make sure that there are safety nets in place as a society to make sure that when calamity hits, we can take care of it, right? Yeah. We just spent $2.2 trillion pumping it into the stock (laughs) with a T, a a capital T. And it did nothing. We just blew $2.2 trillion on nothing when that could have provided income, uh, like income uh, 
assistance and emergency medical payments and paid sick leave for everyone in the United States. Yeah. And that's what we're realizing is that all this time when our government keeps saying, oh, we don't have the money for this. We don't have the money for that. They've got it for Wall Street. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a matter of focus for sure. And anyone with um, a decent IQ can see that, you know, um, everybody rats on like Bernie for his health care plan. But if you really look into it, it's just a matter of where we're spending it and what takes precedence. Yes. And, you know, stop pretending that you care about money. Like, stop pretending you care about the cost of things when we spend more money on a load of shit, like, all the time, more than any other country. And, you know, we provide these bailouts and all this stuff. And it, it's just it just amazes me. If my thing is, if I'm in Congress right now, here's my pitch, America, vote for <laughs> me. If I'm in Congress right now, I'm drafting up a bill, and it's a bank and airline assistance bill, and it in the in the in the bill it says that if you are going to take government assistance and government bailout money your entire board has to resign and if you choose not to resign you will be held in contempt and because like you know and and the coronavirus is a little bit of a different story there's a caveat there but we gave you a trillion dollars in in you know in tax in tax um cuts mm mm-hmm. Why are you like, why are you irresponsible with the money? Yeah. Yeah. And it's if all about you're irresponsible with again, the money, just like with American Airlines, dude, it's again about precedence and what they see as fitting and their sights are just on the wrong goals. Yeah. And here's the problem with, and this is going to get into a political science debate. Here's the problem with the thought, right? The thought for the past 40 years since Reagan has been, well, the government is not responsible. We need to give money to these companies and the companies will be more responsible. But time and time again, we've seen that these companies are negligent and arrogant and they know the outcome of what they're going to do. And in a lot of cases, it crashes our economy and affects working class people. And then they say, well, we're not the government. You can't hold us to the same standards. And that needs to change. Big hunk baloney. We- <laughs> it's a load of shit it's a load of shit um and we as americans we need to hold our politicians our elected officials everybody we need to hold them accountable and it's 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 a mess but there's hopefully a rainbow at the end of the road a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow crossing our fingers and at- Open across the some, uh, bridge, some bagels at the end of the rainbow. Don't ever talk about bagels on this podcast again. <laughs> my bad, it's, my bad, my bad. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, we're, uh, McKeeve and I, we're in, we're not in quarantine, but we're, you know, we've been staying inside. And um, she said that the, that all the bagel stores have closed, so she can't get her bagels. Oh, so how depressing is that? That's some rough times, man. That's some real yeah, talk times. about it. Um, DC is a, I don't want to say it's a ghost town, but it's, it's weird. Yeah, everything, you know, much business as usual down here in the South. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, not much has really happened. Um, the cases are pretty spread out, so I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, I mean, I would say too hard. To all of our listeners, tell us about your experiences. Yeah. Um, are you quarantined? Do you know anybody with the coronavirus? Dude, um, yeah, so I had a good idea about that. I um, I was thinking about how much they hype up the virus, you know, um, and it's and it's deadly and it's very infectious. Um, but at the same time, you hear there's basically what, like 100,000 plus cases around the world. Um, and most of them live. They keep saying most people don't feel symptoms and they recover, but they're a threat because they keep spreading it to people who might be at risk. So I really want to know what it's like to have it with these mild symptoms, because I think a lot of people, especially our age, I mean, they're starting to talk about it, that like we're not really at risk of being seriously harmed by it, you know, um, but it's still a threat to us. And I mean, I'm still kind of worried about it, but I'd really like to know what somebody going through it is experiencing. Yeah. And granted, like there are cases of younger people dying. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, a Spanish soccer coach who's 21, he just died of it. Really? Um, I think he had some underlying conditions, but Mm -hmm. again, if you smoke or if you vape, that's an underlying condition. Your immune system is compromised. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, don't be ignorant, but also the fact is, is like you have people in your life that are older than you Mm. are, you know, your neighbors, you know, your family members, anybody. And you just need to be understanding and knowledgeable of that. This isn't about you. Yeah. Right. Like this is like, like nobody, like, cool you don't you you think that you won't have any effects that's great nobody thinks you're cool and <laughs> you're you're just endangering people around yeah you. yeah for sure true yeah, truly yeah, like somebody I'm, on my uh instagram they posted a thing and um kind of tackled that um misjudgment that um to most people our age the the virus isn't the threat we're basically the threat as people who won't really um, statistically be that harmed by it, but that spread it to other people. Yeah. And I, I would argue it's, there's a caveat there is we're probably going to be the ones that are most economically harmed by yeah. it. Yeah. You know, like I said, seven people have already told me they've lost their jobs. Yeah. Like that's insane. And, you know, that's the other caveat is that, we're going to be hit by the economic and financial factors of this. So um, I think we'll wrap up this first part yeah. for now. And in the second part, we're going to be talking about how, like what we can do as a society um, and as individuals to just make things a little better or hopefully try our best. Yeah. And I got some heartwarming stories to end off with. That'll hopefully Jordan's have got, a silver line to all of this. Jordan's got some great stories mm-hmm. that'll make you walking away from this podcast with a smile on your face. Yeah, we'll talk um, those. You know, and ready to uh, just tear down the establishment. So um, 
Yep. We'll see you in the second half of this podcast. For, for right now, enjoy this nice little interlude music. Welcome back to Bagels for Breakfast. Uh, this is part two of our crazy episode. Um, and right now we're just going to be discussing a little bit about um, what we can do as people to make sure that we can weather this storm. Um, and, you know, I had several friends contacting me about, you know, what do you do when you lose your job? And to be honest with you, I've, I've never been in that situation before. It's a tough situation. Um, but I think right now, one of the biggest things you can do, and Jordan, let me know what you think about this, um, is you need to contact your Congress member and your elected officials right now. Don't even, don't even stop calling them, emailing them, whatever you can do and tell them your story and tell them that there's, you're not the only ones. Um, they need to hear the direct economic impact of what's going on right now. And they need to sign a stimulus package that makes sure that you're covered. And my recommendation for Congress would be to freeze all rents and mortgage payments. Um, and the other discussion is the universal basic income. And they're thinking about giving each individual American a thousand dollars or give me that money. Yeah. Right. Or $1,500 <laughs> to stimulate the economy, which, wow, the United States is actually discussing a smart policy that will have good economic ramifications. Let's, let's get a round of applause. <laughs> Maybe we can add like a clapping sound effect. Um, <laughs> probably not. And they'll just hear probably, us talking about a yeah, clapping sound effect. We'll, we'll just leave <laughs> that in there. But this is the first time in decades where the United States government has said, hey, maybe we should give money to people <laughs> rather than, hey, let's give it yeah. to an already successful billion dollar corporation. Tell your story and be annoying, you know, pester them. That's like they are there to serve you and you are their boss. Make sure they know that. Um, uh, and in other words, if you're quarantined right now, or, you know, staying at home, uh, try not to get cabin fever. You know, we don't want like a shining sort of incident happening. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't want that. Um, you might have us mistaken if you thought we wanted that. <laughs> I, You know, my best advice would be exercise because. Yeah, for sure. I definitely plan on that. Um one thing I like about working from home is during a lunch break, just like getting out, you know, um, and having the ability. Um, I mean, I have a gym right in my building. So whenever I've worked from home, I love being able on a um, lunch break to just say, yeah, screw it. I'll just run downstairs for 30 minutes, you know, and do something. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's it's important for people to. One, not to panic buy to- toilet paper. You're stupid. And dude, I saw a guy at Publix yesterday. He grabbed must have been about 10 rolls of uh, not rolls, uh, loaves of bread 
just like shoveling them into his cart. And oh, I was just staring at him like, are you kidding me, dude? If you're hearing this, you are a dick. Like, you're <laughs> just a fucking, you're a dick. And dude, it, I just don't know. I don't understand people. But caveat, uh, I was right about gun sales. Let's, uh, let's not let's touch on it. Uh, give you the only humble brag here. You know, uh, you had your humble brag about being right about the stock market, but there was a New York Times article posted today. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. I completely forgot about that. Um, that gun sales have gone up uh, in the past few weeks, they're saying, and most of them are first time gun buyers. So would you look at that, yeah, you know, just doing a little brush off my shoulder right now. It's look, no big I'm deal. Not- Look, I'm not saying that Jordan and I are geniuses or anything. We're incredibly <laughs> no, handsome. No, no, we're not, no, we're not saying that. We're not saying <laughs> that. We're just saying that we're fucking wizards, okay? And, <laughs> I mean, when when you're thinking about these, a lot of it is just historical context. You don't have to be. Yeah. A, you don't have to be an economist. You don't have to like. You just need to know the history behind these things and the patterns yeah. that prevent themselves. Present themselves. Yeah, Amer- Americans are pretty predictable. <laughs> Very predictable. And then <laughs> when these things happen, they're like, "What? This, <laughs> how could this happen? We could. How did we predict it? You know, how did we not foresee this?" And and if you're a listener, he's not imitating you. He's imitating people who don't listen to this because obviously you guys are smart. If you're <laughs> for listening, listening to if you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance that you are also a wizard or have <laughs> very good public policy insight. It's, it's you might want to get yourself tested. <laughs> you might want to get yourself tested for genius level IQ. Um, no, but and, and these things truly, everybody's like, oh, it's so complex. Everything is so complex. I was like, it's to me, it's really not. And to me, it's it's very plain as day when these things happen. What are good ways to solve it? What are bad ways to solve it? And you know, that's that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. And get back, their guns. To, back to people freaking out. I think it's important during this um, that I've been trying to practice amongst this like crazy slew of media articles and everything coming out um i didn't think i would hate any more 24-hour coverage um as much as 24-hour like trump coverage but this is pretty bad um so like i i would say like don't try and get like try not to get caught up in it you know um listening to it all day definitely provokes a response in you that like this is a huge issue and it's a big issue don't get me wrong but at the same time you kind of gotta try and keep some perspective yeah and it's it's like things it can be solved very easily from a personal standpoint wash your hands you know like like wash your hands social distance like the cdc gave these guidelines follow those guidelines and you will be Mm -hmm. fine like it's just simple as that follow the guidelines and you'll be fine and so all the people out there that say oh well the flu kills more people a year shut the hell up you're not doing (laughs) anybody a service sure you are correct but the flu also has a vaccine for it or yeah flu shots and vaccines um and it also has a lower significantly lower percentage so come back to me in a couple months 
and then we can discuss that. But you know, and you can call us wizards again. You can just call us wizards again. But it, I think the problem in specifically America is that there's this such this anti-science sentiment is that when people say like, hey, you should wash your hands, people are like, oh, no, what do scientists know? And I'm like, <laughs> just wash everything. Yeah, like, or yeah, like, and I think, and I think adding on to that, there's a like in these times, it's kind of depressing to see these like selfish people out there, you know. Um, for one example, the guy loading 12 loaves of bread into his cart, you know, um, and not having a wonder in the world that he is emptying the shelf from other people who might need that bread. And again, with people buying guns, it's like, really, you're buying a gun. Because you're ready yeah. to kill somebody if they try and take what you have, you know. Oh, I mean, there's videos all over social media of people already getting physical with other people over this stuff. It's crazy. Keeps it again. Keep some perspective. Yes, and you know what? If you see somebody like this, should just be a rule of thumb for life. You know, I don't. I'm. I'm not a very religious person, um, and you know, but in any sort of religious. Um, belief system help other people out be good to other people understand that other people have problems and might have worse problems than you and Mm -hmm. granted yes like take care of yourself and take care of your family but can you even fucking eat 12 loaves of bread before eight of them (laughs) go bad like what the hell is this guy gonna do yeah I buy one loaf of bread and then like a a week later, like I've got moldy pieces and I'm like, I just wasted a loaf of bread. Yeah. No, he he has a, no, little do you know, he has 23 kids, you know? Dude, it's like, yeah, right. It's like, it's like those um, extreme couponers that, you know, have like 47 tubs of mustard. And like, I'm just like, like you are, it's greed and you're bad if you do that like you are like you're a bad person if you do that i'm not saying give everything away but i'm saying understand that like this isn't everybody's going through this problem yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say it's a common issue you're not the only one it's a very common issue right yeah um yeah i will say though just i have a quick positive story go for it I made some um, quarantine chili yesterday, <clears throat> and it was amazing. I kid you not; it's like the best chili I've ever made. Ooh, <laughs> two pounds of are beef. you a are you a common cooker of chili? Yeah, but I, I've been my recipes just getting steadily better and better. Nice, and you know, like if if the world doesn't fall apart, I think I could win a chili cookout. I really do. Like, I like it's it's good, and uh, that's a good silver lining. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'm I'm hoping a few insights come out of this nice little work from home period. Yeah, I for one don't mind working from home. Yeah, Shakespeare he wrote King Lear while he was quarantined because of the Black Plague, and I made really good chili. You can do anything while you're quarantined. <laughs> you know, don't consider this yeah. a limitation consider this liberation and an opportunity exactly (laughs) yeah so do you want to get into these uh cute little stories i found go run run wild my friend 
So the first one I mentioned the other day, um, and this exactly backs up what you were talking about on, on what should be done to help people. Um, and my local electric provider, Duke Energy, is foregoing any payments um, and late payments and all of that until this is over, which is a great step by a company. And normally utilities companies are assholes, you know, fuck cable companies. They're assholes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, so this was a really cool step. My, my heart got a little warm from that one. Um, the next one, if you haven't seen it, I would totally go and look it up, um, is um, these Italian people that are all quarantined. Italy probably has the worst breakout outbreak so far. Um, they're all quarantined, and there's videos surfacing of them playing music off of their balconies into the streets and, like, singing together and everything like that. And it's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I already I mean, mentioned it. Go ahead. That's, well, let's just touch on that for a second. I mean, for in a time of despair in Italy, like, people are dying every day from the coronavirus and people are stuck in their homes. And I saw this really, I don't want to say it's pessimistic, but it was just, it was a video of the people quarantined sending a video to themselves 10 days ago. Mm-hmm. So, so like 10 days previously. So, um, and it was like, yeah, you laughed at the idea. Like you, and these people had no idea, but the Italian government was literally like, like it's it's just a mess. But seeing all these people come together and just do something beautiful, do something that can, you know, make you happy, make all these people around you happy, your neighbors happy. I mean, that's, you know, we've been bashing humanity for a lot of this podcast, but that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about humanity is that even when times do seem like there's no end or you know, it's at its worst. We can find good things and try and make each other smile. And I think yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good lesson that can come out of it. Um, and yeah, just as many people as you see being selfish in these times, just like rise above it, you know, and there's plenty of people out there willing to help you as well. Yeah, um, there's good people yeah. out there. There's, there's really there's good, people, good people and there's a lot of love in this world. Yeah, you know what I mean. For sure. Um, taking a different turn. <laughs> um, it's just kind of funny. It's not really happy-go-lucky, but um, a story has come out, um, and it's published. Actually, I, I, I first saw it on the Daily Mail, which I was like, "Eh, do I really trust them?" Um, but I've seen it in a few places now. That after. Uh, China's now on the decline, it seems. Again, we mentioned last episode, we don't know how much you can trust their numbers, but it seems like China's on the decline. Um, and as it's coming off of this decline and these home quarantines and everything, there's been a d- spike in divorce rates in China from all of these married <laughs> couples spending all of these days inside. And it's just funny to me, I guess. It's just hilarious that uh, there's a correlation there. I mean, what what uh, the United States is already at fifty percent. Maybe it'll go out to like sixty or seventy percent. I mean, that'd be yeah. wild. You know, like <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that to me is 
hysterical. <laughs> like we were like, like we need to come together, blah blah blah. But then it's like, I as soon as it's over, it. they're just like, I think we need a break. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we need to separate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're done here. <laughs> That's hysterical, dude. Yeah, That's so funny. Um, yeah, I'm gonna save the best one for last. But the next one I have is, um, I think a lot of people probably saw it, but um, the parent company of Louis Vuitton is using their factories that they normally use for cologne to make hand sanitizer and to provide it to governments free of charge, which is also really? another great step by a large corporation. I mean, that's, excuse me, I'm yawning. Um, that's, <laughs> I mean, that is really significant. And, you know, right now, like I said, right now, for a lot of these companies, a lot of these people, profits aren't their number one concern. And, you know, it seems like like it, it, it does warm my heart that they're doing mm-hmm. that. It's good for them. And, Definitely. you know, other companies should follow suit. Yeah, it exactly what we were talking about before, that there, there's a lot of bad people. There's a lot of bad companies, but there's also some really good ones doing some great work. Yeah. Um, you know just we just got to spread the love you know yeah and last but not least this story is so funny and i love every bit of it is that um with this whole outbreak a lot of schools are moving to online classes and (laughs) um, everything like that and so, but one question I immediately thought of because I have some friends who are seniors in college and you think like, how long is this going to take? Um, and you think about graduations coming up, final projects are coming up, everything like that. And uh, if you wanted an answer for what might happen <laughs> in Japan, a school held their graduation in Minecraft. Look. I love it. That is, I mean, honestly, that's the greatest news I've heard in quite a while. I mean, <laughs> that's so awesome. Yeah, dude. That's and so they awesome. Built, I, I think if I'm reading the story right, they built the entire like hall or whatever that they held it in. The class like built it together and then had the graduation in it. And it's an elementary school, by the way. Oh, dude, that makes it even better. That makes me so happy that these kids were like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, yeah, they had a, they had, they built an assembly hall. They had a stage in it and a red carpet. And then they would virtually walk down it and receive their diploma. Dude, that's so sweet. I mean, that's another story. (laughs) I'm sure these kids were really looking forward to it. And, you know, I like to me like there's a lot of people that are like graduation is stupid I always enjoyed graduation ceremonies it's kind of an official send-off you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I I think that's so sweet and especially if it's in Minecraft like that just makes it so much better yeah it's awesome I'll try and uh get a good picture of it from I think they have some pictures from some of the kids that were in it on Twitter I wish Um, they I'll post it with the episode tomorrow on the Instagram. Yeah, I wish they made a, a uh, like an open, like an, it made it an open server so we could go and like. Oh, that would have been awesome if there was you just know? like 
hundreds of people just that just went into the server to see it. Yeah. That would have been really that, cool. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm. I'm That's happy. All the I stuff I had. Yeah. I'm. You know. So to everybody out there listening to this, um, and to our viewers in France, we've got like, like twenty people who listen from France. Thank you. Um, <laughs> which, like I still think it's so funny. Like, I. I don't even know, but thank you for your continued support. Um, I just want to say that we are trying our, like everybody should try their best, be good to other people, take care of yourself, listen to the guidelines and you'll be fine. Um, And with the economic anxiety going on, make your story known, make your voice known and don't just let it happen. Right. I understand that there's circumstances and things like that, but there's a lot of good in this world and there's a lot of great things can come out of this world. So sometimes you just need to make it happen and make these good things happen. And, you know, from us at bagels for breakfast, we want to be able to be a podcast or something that makes you happy and, you know, kind of takes you away from these things. Sometimes we're not going to be talking about doom and gloom all the time. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the next yeah, podcast... it, it's the it's the hit right now, but yeah, I think we we'll get a new topic for next time that uh, will help take out take your mind off being stir crazy while think, everybody's working from home. I think the next podcast, um, Jordan, let me know your thoughts. Is I've been thinking about this for a while, and I think that we need the mafia back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give too Hot much away. Take. Hot but I take. Think, I think we need some organized crime up in here. And um, I, I just want to express my views. That's all. So mm-hmm. if you want to laugh a little bit, if you want to, you know, feel like Tony Soprano and come on, join us for the next episode. We're going to be talking about hey, Gabagool. Gabagool. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about why you should start organized crime. Um just, just kidding. We'll leave but, them on that uh, that cliffhanger. Yeah, we'll leave you guys on that cliffhanger hanger. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, check us out on at Bagels for Breakfast Pod on Instagram. Um, yep. Wash your hands. Stay wash safe. your hands. Share Cover it with your, your friends. Cover your cough. Share this with your friends, your family. Don't transmit anything while you do it. And. Uh, Stay safe out there, everybody.